0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: Truly, the NBA to me jacked this up so badly. Could not have jacked this up any worse than they did. As in, this might be one of the worst things that the association has done in a very long time. The powers that be took it upon themselves to find Patrick Beverly $30,000. 30-ger for quote. Follow me on this. They're fining him thirty gur for quote inappropriate statements during a media interview and on social media, including the egregious use of profanity. End of quote. I mean, how many things are wrong with that? Hell I I am this close to making an inappropriate statement and egregiously using profanity in reaction to that bogus fine. Exactly what did this guy say after beating the Clippers that was so inappropriate during his media interview? What? I mean, what? What? You mean
2: this? Man, I wanted this so bad. This is just the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, To play in to be able to beat them. Another goal scratched off, I told you he was going to the playoffs. Everybody, most of y'all, y'all looked at me like I was crazy. When I first said
1: that, I told y'all. So the hell is inappropriate about that? The hell is inappropriate about that? Seriously. Not only is that not inappropriate, it's appropriate as hell. It might be the most appropriate thing ever because it's a fact. Because he did bleeping, tell you all. Then he went out and he backed it all up. And then he showed up at the postgame presser, not with a sports drink on the podium, but a beer, a beer to crack so he could crack back on the team that he thought had done him so wrong. It was one of the most baller things ever, one of the most badass things I've ever seen. The league clearly has its head up its ass because it can't tell the difference between something that is, quote, inappropriate and something that is awesome. Or maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the one who's confused. Am I the one who's confused and not the league? Maybe it's that that's not the statement that they deemed inappropriate. Maybe they actually were coming for Patrick Beverly for saying this to the Clippers bench.
2: Take their ass home.
1: Long flight to L.A., take y'all ass home. I mean, you sure as hell better not be fining that dude for that statement. You better not be finding that guy for that statement. Number one, he was answering a question from a reporter. Number two, it was incredible. Take they ass home is now the catchphrase of the entire postseason so far. Hell, that's the catchphrase of any season, in any sport, in any year. Take they ass home. Take they ass home. You don't find a guy for saying that. You thank him. Because nobody's going to run that down. Run his ass down. Oh, thanks, Bob. The only person who can top that is Pat Bev himself if they beat Memphis. I mean, seriously, when they saw that and the league fined him for that, I had just one thought, and that was to tell Adam Silver and the league that they should take their ass home. Take their ass home. I mean, get the hell out of here with that. And take their ass home. Take ass I don't home. think even David Stern would try to pull that bullcrap. Now you're fining guys for being real. Now you're fining guys for being raw. Now you're fining guys for making it better. If not for Patrick Beverly, is there anybody anywhere who would have given a damn about your little play-in tourney that you got working? This dude's jumping up on the scores table and killing the Clippers. That didn't just make the play-in matter. It made the entire planet better. Tell me that you're not fining this guy for this gold. It's deeper that for me, you understand? I gave my blood and
2: sweat and tears to that organization. I mean, you guys know the story, especially you. Blood, sweat, and tears to just be ridden off like that. You know, uh, he's injury prone. He's old, this, this, that, that. To be able to come here, play them in a play-in, beat their ass. No other
1: feeling, man. No other feeling. I'm telling you. And what is all this talk about egregious use of profanity? The bleep are you talking about anyway? I mean, what are you talking about? Are you talking about this? Yeah. what I say in the
2: beginning of the year? what I say? Hey, hey, we're going to the uh, playoffs. Um, hey, check, yeah. check that goal off now,
1: folks. Take that goal off bad boys. I told you he's going to the playoffs. But nobody believes him.
2: We cast Clippers. out yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: out of here. I'm telling you. There's only one person on the planet who saw that video and thought, man, that's bad. That's bad. And that one person is Adam Silver or whoever decides who gets fined in that league. It's a weak-ass fine. Weak-ass Clippers. All anybody, weak-ass fine, because he's talking about the weak-ass Clippers, weak-ass because they fired him. All anybody really wants is the real And that's as real as it gets, as raw as it gets. I'll say it again. I only wish I loved anything as much as Patrick Beverly hates the Clippers. I wish we could take the fuel that this cat is running on, slam it into a syringe, because I would inject it daily if I could. Man, put that in a pill. Put that in a pill, and I'm popping it like Tic Tacs. Only an idiot would look at that and instead of seeing it as one of the most awesome things to ever, say, oh, no, we can't have that. We can't have that. That's inappropriate. That's egregious use of profanity. We've got to send a message to that offender. Yeah, right. you got to send a message to the offender. Let me send you a message, Adam, or whoever you entrusted to dole out that punishment. Message being, send your ass home. Because Beverly is the only reason anyone cares about your play-in tourney. Instead of fining him, you should give that guy a bonus for making that night actually matter. You know, like kind of like the way Dana White incentivizes fighters with knockouts of the night. You know those bonuses? The Dana dole's out, 30 grand here, 50 grand here, 100 grand for the knockout of the night. Instead of fining Patrick Beverly 30 grand, you should have chipped him off 50 for the straightest fire ever. Because he's the only reason anyone cared about that game. Him and that weirdo, glue girl, chip her off too. She glued herself to the floor? Wait, what? She did what? She glued herself to the floor? Chip her off too. She glued herself to the floor. Sure. Trying to glue yourself to the floor using Elmer's or a glue stick, or an old sticky note. It didn't work. But credit for shaking it up and trying to reinvent the game. That literally was the best effort I've seen since the GOAT himself, Fan Man. Remember that, dude? Hey, by the way, it's about damn time. You all put some respect on that damn legend's name. Remember, my dude parachuted into a heavyweight fight. Think about that for a minute. Dude just dropped right out of the sky, rocking a parachute and a mechanical fan in the seventh round of Bo Holyfield 2 and nearly nailed the landing, hitting the top rope of the ring. And instead of being hailed as the hero that he was for it, he ended up getting punched in the face repeatedly by security and those sitting ringside who tried to beat the crap out of him. Listen, I don't know what kind of a dude that person was. I don't know what kind of a guy he was. I just know that it's never too late to give credit where credit is due, even if dude passed on years ago. In fact, not only is it never too late, it's our responsibility. So this weekend, do the right thing. Pour one out for Fan Man and for Glue Girl. What do you mean, Glue is a protest? And most of all, for Pat Bev. And to you, Commissioner or whichever, whichever minion decided to find Beverly, pull your head out your ass and take your ass home. Take their ass home. As far as fan man, you want to do something funny? Pull that up on YouTube. That I mean, I'm sorry for the loss of him and his family. He He passed on years ago. But this dude, like that was his brand. That was not the first time he pulled that. That was not the first time he tried that. Imagine getting that in your head. And it wasn't just like a parachute where you had those deals like on one side and the other side, and he's doing some of this action to kind of float in. My man had a full-on mechanical fan, a gigantic fan, and damn near nailed that landing. The top rope. And if you watch the video, that's what I mean when I say the guy did not get enough credit. It's not like they kind of pulled him out of there. That was not not just somebody deciding, I'm going to take my clothes off and run across the field. Or even, I'm going to go down on the floor and glue my wrist to it. That was a dude trying to parachute into a heavyweight fight and damn near nailed it. Hit the top rope. But instead of just kind of dragging this guy out and apprehending him, you had one security guy punch him allegedly in the face 20 times. And then others looking to get a piece of him. I understand there's a lot of testosterone on a heavyweight fight. I understand that if you're in Vegas, because I've been in Vegas for those fights, I know what it's like. I was there that night. It went down to the casino when bottles were popping and people thought they were gunshots. I'll never forget that night. But I understand when testosterone is high, but it wasn't like security pulled this guy out. Everybody wanted a piece of him. Like people in suits ringside were hammer fisting him. Hey, listen, skincare can be really complicated, especially for men who have never had a skincare routine. This is where Tiege Hanley comes in. Tiege Hanley is a men's skincare company that helps guys start and maintain a healthy skincare routine by making the process uncomplicated. Every single box comes with an instruction card that tells you when to use each product, how much to use, and in what order. I'll tell you what, you should start with the level one system. It is the easiest way to get started, and it comes with all of the basics that guys need to take care of their skin. I'm telling you, I love the product because I was one of those guys, even as somebody who's on TV or in front of a camera, I never really had that great routine and now I do. And I do because of Tiege Hanley. Listen. Because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring today's app, they're offering you an amazing deal. Just go to Tiege.com slash Rome and you'll get thirty percent off your first box plus a free gift. That's T I E G E dot com slash Rome. T-I-E-G-E dot com slash Rome. It is an amazing deal. Tiege dot com slash Rome. Haskell Garrett. Haskell, really good to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's good to visit with you. So let me ask you, we're about two weeks out. Two weeks out from the start of the draft, what has draft preparation been like for you and the entire evaluation process overall? What's that experience been like?
3: You know, it's been great. Uh, seeing different perspectives, The getting ready for the NFL, um, just you know what I need to work on going into the NFL, what I'm already doing well I need to enhance. Uh, but other than that, this process has been great. I'm enjoying every every part of it. I'm back here in Columbus, Ohio, watch, you know, get back to my alma mater and watch the guys get after in the spring game tomorrow. And yeah, just loving every bit of this moment.
1: So it sounds like you're you're in a great headspace and you're getting a lot out of this and you're enjoying it. Let me ask you about a tweet you had a couple of months back. You said, quote, as a defensive tackle, I watch and salute those who play my position. I'll always salute the ones who set the bar high. End of quote. As somebody who studies the game the way you do, I'm curious, what do you see when you watch Aaron Donald?
3: You know, and that quote came from right after, you know, the, Super Bowl because we had a whole bunch of Buckeyes on the Bengals squad, but um, I always I always watch the best in my position and the best in my technique. So you know, real recognizes real. And when I watch Aaron Donald, he plays the game at a tremendously high level. Uh, somebody who plays with a great motor and um, someone I definitely look up to in the way that I want to play the game as a defensive tackle playing at the highest level.
1: Haskell Garrett's joining us. You know, you look up to him. There are so many people who look up to you for so many different reasons. You're a role model in so many ways. If you're okay with this, I want to ask you about something that happened on August 30th, 2020. I want to be very careful in the way I say this, but according to a police report, you were trying to break up a domestic dispute and the man involved shot you. Can you share what happened that day, what you remember about that incident?
3: So, yeah. um, I was just, walking, walking by my house. Uh, actually I was out going to retrieve my, my phone from my vehicle and I, I witnessed, you know, a man, and a woman get, having an argument wasn't going to think anything of it. until uh, he put it, started putting his hands on her. And one of the, one of our, you know, rules at, at O state is just respect women, title nine. And, um, it's just part of me and who I am. I don't, I don't like when, men put their hands on, on women, so I went, I uh, tried to break it up, and uh, me being my stature, I didn't really uh, recognize that and how, you know, somebody can feel threatened, you know, six two, pounds dude coming in, breaking up a, a dispute between him and his lady, um, and next thing I knew, was I pushed him, tried to see if she was okay, next thing I knew, um, I was waking up on the ground with, in a puddle of blood, so... Um, that's really all I really want to touch touch base on that.
1: I understand that. I respect that. It's. I will say this. You. It was much much worse than that. You had multiple surgeries. You had a bone graft you lost teeth, you couldn't eat solid food, you could have lost your life, but people around the program talked about how badly you wanted to get back on the field. I mean, it would have been very understandable for you never to play ever again. What was your mindset and your approach, and how were you able to get to a place where you needed it and wanted it that badly? How did you approach that?
3: No, you, you know, just really, I love the game of football. I've um, been playing this all my life, and when it was taken, from, taken away from me, um, you know, I was, I wasn't, I didn't have an injury, you know, where you, you know, tear an ACL or break a bone. It was just really in my face and the rest of my body was fine. And, you know, when you have doctors telling you rest, you need to heal, uh, I've, I've grown up. There's, there's, you know, the, the train's going to leave with or without you. And I wanted to be back on the field. I wanted to be back playing with my brothers uh, during that time, you know, the, the Big Ten Big Ten had said our, our season was cancelled and then a couple weeks later it was reinstated. So um when I found that out I wanted to play I wanted to play ball. I've been waiting so many years to compete for a starting job and I wasn't gonna allow I wanted to, I wasn't gonna allow something like this uh, to send me home, um and Just glow. I wanted to be on the field where I'm most comfortable and be fighting alongside my brothers.
1: Haskell Garrett is joining us. I'm getting chills hearing this story. The thing is, you didn't just come back and rejoin that fight. Your teammates were saying, it's incredible. This is a different dude. He came back a different dude. Senator Josh Myers said, I was not ready for it, man. He came off the ball so hard. I mean, I don't know <laughs> what he did at home during the quarantine, but the way he came off the ball, it was different. It was different than the way he did before, and it's different than most players I've ever played against. That's an incredible statement. Like, exactly what did you do, and did you come back a much more explosive player?
3: Yeah, most definitely during the quarantine really seized the opportunity, guys guys weren't really work, working out and it was that it was that thought of, you know, I'm gonna outwork the the next dude who's doing the garage workout, who's, you know, running running the the neighborhood. I wanted to be I wanted to be everybody in my position who is at home and leave no doubts. Uh I wanted to stay ready really and I really hit the weight room Did everything. Got on the phone with you know our coach, Coach Mick, our strength coach, and just doing everything possible during quarantine to get my body ready for that phone call to come back to Columbus, Ohio, and eventually play ball.
1: See, my thing is, it seems to me, if you had that mindset and that approach and that execution without anything that happened to you, that happened to you, that would be uncommon. But given what you went through, it's even more amazing. You've got a really special bit of ink, a tattoo on your right arm that was given to you by your uncle, and it took roughly 40 hours to create. What is Mm -hmm. it? What's it represent to you?
3: You know, it represents my culture, my heritage. Uh, I'm 50% Samoan, and... Um, Polynesian and our background I have basically reminds me every day the person I am, you know the the heritage and my family members I carry with me, and I'm a representation of them. And throughout the process, uh, being getting tattooed, you're at the mercy of of the tattoo artist. You know you can't say, oh I, I want a break. You gotta you wait until he until your tattoo artist tells you. Um, when you can take a break because ultimately in life there is no breaks and life will come at you in different types of ways so you need to be ready for that and that's really what the contents of getting my tattoo um was to prepare me for life
1: haskell garrett's my guest you went to bishop gorman which is about 20 minutes down the strip in las vegas where the draft is going to be held what's it mean to have that draft taking place in your backyard how do you think that's going to feel
3: it's gonna feel awesome, you know. We've been talking about this, not only talking about the draft for years, but the fact that it's back at home, back in Las Vegas, is definitely special. And uh, everything's just all my hard work is coming into fruition for this moment. And of course, you know, I gotta gotta get through rookie mini camp and rookie season. But uh, just for everything that I've worked hard for, and invest and invested in myself, my family, uh, getting ready for this moment, I it. It can't be more surreal than this. I
1: was going to say, so finally, what does it feel like? I mean, given everything that you've done, sacrificed, everything that everybody around you has sacrificed, I mean, you're this close. What's it feel like to be this close to the next step in this journey? It
3: feels great. It feels great. Um, I feel very blessed uh, from the man above allowing me this opportunity, uh, putting me in the position that I am, that I'm in, and with my family members, Uh, you know, the countless amount of times my my parents, my godparents have brought me to practices, invested time in me, going to getting extra work in, in the weight room, uh, bringing me to, you know, physical therapy, getting my body right, just stuff like that.
1: It's all coming into
3: fruition, and I can't wait to be sitting there with my family and uh, hopefully get that call.
1: Oh, man, I think it's amazing. I, I've got such profound respect and admiration for you, what you've been through, how you've overcome, your mindset, the way you attack it, you know, the person you are, the player you are, and there's so much ahead of you. An All-American, a two-time All-Big Ten cent selection, I should say. Draft is coming up. My oh, man, you got me choked up. The draft is coming up on April 28th. Haskell Garrett, my guest, Haskell, I appreciate that very much. Good luck. Listen, good luck with that, and I'll look forward to talking to you afterwards and find out where it you sounds end up. That was great. Thank you. Hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, with your beef? We go to Jeff in Richmond. My brother, what's going on?
0: Jim, thanks for the vine and thanks for the time. And Jim, let me first of all wish you and yours... The very best this year. And Jim, I want you to know. I want the XR4TI crew to know. I want the morally bankrupt clones across a fruited plane to know. But most importantly, Jim, I want the CBS suits to know. And Jim, when I'm speaking about the suits, I'm speaking about Chairman David Bearson. I'm speaking, Jim, about Sean McManus, Patty Power, Kelly Call. Your guy Jim, Drew Kaliske, Dan Weinberg, and also Jim, CBS VP of Operations, Tyler Hale. Jim, I want the suits to know that anytime they see the dirtiest player in the game, Jeff from Richmond on the marquee, anytime, Jim, the CBS suits see rolling behind you, Jim, not only the best photo montage in the history of sports, Jim. But the best photo montage, Jim, in the history of entertainment, I want the suits to know collectively at that moment, Jim, that business is about to pick up. Jim, if you'll indulge me for a brief moment, I want to give a shout-out to the biggest toolbox in the history of sports entertainment, and that, of course, Jim, is Matt from L.A. San Quentin. From L.A., Rikers Island. From L.A., Colorado Supermax from L.A. Matt, I know you're out there. I know you can hear me. Matt, you made a decision in Smack Off 27 to call into the program on your 20-year-old T-Mobile flip phone. Not only did you sound like you were 20 feet under the water, my man, but that act was very disrespectful to the legendary pimp in the box, Mr. Jim Rome, Matt, former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Urban Meyer, slipping on his OSU pullover and stepping out of the dance floor and grinding his hips and his private parts into that unassuming 18-year-old blonde OSU co-ed thinks your decision, Matt, was selfish and self-absorbed. But, Matt, here's the real deal. The real tragedy of your decision, you kept other legitimate jungle legends off the air that day. Matt, we could have heard from Dr. Dave from Detroit. We could have heard from Ricky from Tampa or Mona from Knoxville. Or more importantly, Matt, we could have heard from that jungle badass, Jeff from San Antonio. or My fiancé? And Matt, while we're at it, let's talk about... Smack-off 25. Damon Amendalora, DA, steel-toe booted you to the package, my man, for eight and a half minutes. He curb-stomped you. He speed-bagged you. He left you laying in the fetal position, Matt, with your thumb stuck firmly in your pie hole. And Jim Rome made an executive decision on that day, Matt, an executive decision. He put you into protective custody. He PC'd you up because he knew you weren't ready for the big stage. Matt, the bottom line is this. You and your takes are softer than a wisp of cotton candy. And, Matt, if I were you, I would never, Matt, and I mean ever, call the smack off again. By the way, Matt, how does it feel to get smashed up on national television? <laughs> Doesn't matter how you feel, Matt. Jim, in closing, let me say this to you, and I want you to remember this, Jim. Jim, for cutting-edge sports analysis and some schmack, Jim, you need look no further, Jim, than the great Commonwealth of Virginia, Jim, the 804. We are your hookup, Jim. Holler, if you hear me, and to all you morally bankrupt clones, I ask you this rhetorical question in closing. Who wants to walk with Jeff from Richmond? Jim, thank you for your time. Aloha means goodbye. War number 46, Joe from Scranton, keeping two or three pieces of hard candy in his pocket at all times. War Joe from Scranton, shoehorning the phrase, as the crow flies into every Political statement he makes and forgets he's repeating himself. War Jake Rome showcasing his blonde hair and his blue eyes at the Del Mar internship and attracting a lot of attention from the 20 to 22 year old SoCal hotties that frequent Del Mar. War Logan Rome punching out a batter on the pitcher's mound and the old man standing up and screaming. That's scrumptious logs and war Josh McDaniel leading the Raider nation forward without the nicks and cuts of a blade. And until next time, Jim. Good night
1: now You know the very best athletes know that your championship body is not built in a single day. Well, the same is true when it comes to long-term financial goals. Get financially fit with M1, the finance super app. It is commission-free and it makes growing your money easier so you can strategize for the end game. Build a custom portfolio or choose a pre-built portfolio that speaks to your goals. Then... Automate your everyday money moves and use your extra time to watch the highlights. They even make it easy to stick to your investing strategy by automatically rebalancing your investments every time you buy into your portfolio, keeping your investments close to where you want them to be. That way, your portfolio sticks to the plan for the long game. There are no huddle-ups necessary. Do this. Visit m1finance.com sports. That's M with the number one to sign up and see why Money, Investopedia, and Yahoo Finance are all proud superfans of M1. That's M, the number one, dot com slash sports. Investing does involve risk, including the risk of loss, M1 Finance, LLC, member F-I-N-R-A, SIPC. Vincent Goodwill, Vince. What's going on, my man? How are you? Doing good, Jim. How are you? Good, dude. Good. Good to have you back. Let me ask you about a report that dropped in the last hour. Paul George testing positive for COVID. He is going to be out for tonight's playing game against New Orleans. Now, we know Ty Lue has been really good this year without Kawhi Leonard and without George for most of the year. But how big of a blow is that for tonight?
2: It is huge, Jim. And I am a member of the Ty Lue the best coach in basketball (laughs) hive. You know, as far as... So what he can do in the game, his strategic adjustments, uh, and everything else. But this is huge, man, because Paul George is a guy that we've seen carry this Clippers team you know, through multiple playoff rounds you know, last season when Kawhi Leonard went down, and you just start to get used to him being there. And the crazy thing is, Jim, they should have won the other night. Like when you have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, and Carl Towns is fouled out, you should have won that game. And now it's almost even more magnified. It's almost similar to Luka Doncic in Dallas, probably should have been suspended for that technical foul, but he it got rescinded. He played and then hurt his calf. So it's almost like even the blessings you have in disguise wind up hurting you. In the end, and for the Clippers, it could very well equal the end of their season when I thought, honestly, that they were going to be the seventh seed uh, three days ago. I know. I-,
1: I loved them tonight. Before I heard that, just absolutely brutal. But we've seen Ty Lu and Ty Lu has done some pretty miraculous things. We'll see how that goes, but the timing is terrible. Listen, I want to talk to you about the Lakers situation in a moment, but I want to start with a piece that you have up on Yahoo right now about the start of the playoffs. How much pressure is there on James Harden going into this series against Toronto?
2: A lot. Immense. I would probably say more pressure on him. I won't say as much pressure, but I don't think there's as. Put it like this: compared to LeBron James in 2012, how we felt about him. You know, the MVPs and everything else that he had garnered to that point, but he hadn't become a champion yet, and people were starting to wonder where he fit in history. If you think about not just in the NBA but in professional sports, has there been an MVP that has come up short? So many times in critical situations, when the chips are down, you know you can't count on that guy. And then the Philadelphia 76ers bring him in to be the Robin to Joel Embiid, which theoretically should be, you know, a role that he should relish in at 32 years old. And he's not even able to do that. Like, I don't know if there's a player who stands as much to lose or to gain uh, as James, as James, call him Jim, as James Harden. And I don't know if he's capable of it, Jim. I don't know if he has it in him, in his body, you know, because of all the minutes he played in the low management era, because he didn't always look like an Adonis from a fitness standpoint. Maybe he doesn't have that, in him anymore and we're expecting him to be the guy that he was three or four years ago and he just can't rev it up anymore.
1: He's a dadonis. That's what's known as jungle Tourette's. I agree with you. I was going to say, I mean, are his issues just a matter of him trying to fit into the offense or as you point out, this is the way I see it, he's just not the same dude, right? He's not the same guy that he was a few years ago.
2: I'll give you a great analogy that uh, that came up to me once, and I was really young, and I was around like the Final Four when it was in Detroit. I think it was like 2009, so I'm like 23, 24 years old. And someone said to me at a very late time, it's a pretty notable figure. He said, "You can't chase the night." And it all of a sudden it hit me. It was like it's two o'clock in the morning. It is time for me to go home. Somebody who said, "You know what? I can not chase the night," is probably James Harden. And at some point. You wind up having to pay the price on that, and maybe he pays it in once, because that seems like that's his style. But Jim, I don't know if he has it, and in and in not just that, that hamstring injury. And when you look at hamstring injuries, we don't think of it in the same way we think of ACLs and Achilles, but it can be really debilitating if you play a certain style. Like I remember Kevin Johnson having a hamstring injury. Oh yeah, and he went from being a high flying guy to a dude who was groundbound and it changed his game completely.
1: I think we've seen that change in James Harden. We just didn't realize See, it. you just made two great analogies. I would forgotten about that. KJ, you're exactly right. There was a point where that guy was absolutely unstoppable. Like, you could not keep that guy in front of him. And then when he had that injury, he was never the same guy. And the point that you made about not being able to chase the night, what's interesting is when you said, you know, maybe it's just the accumulation of minutes, I almost said, and I thought it might not be responsible or fair, I almost said yet yeah, that or maybe he's been out on the night or out on the town in the nightlife. Maybe that caught up with him, but you kind of got there as well. So I don't know exactly what he's been doing at night, except that I know that he's been doing some things at night, and we'll see. Like, he he has to have it, and we'll see. We're talking to Vincent Goodwill. Let me ask you about Matisse Stiebel. He is ineligible to play in Toronto because he has not been vaccinated. How big of a deal was that overall in terms of the shape of this series? Jim, it's
2: as big as Paul George tonight. And I'm not trying to overstate that, and I'm not saying that Thibault is as great of a player as Paul George or anything like that. But when you look at the players and you look at situational basketball, he does something that very few people, that nobody else can do on that roster. He can defend and basically take away a guy. Can you imagine them throwing him on Spicy P or OG Ananobi or Scotty Barnes and being able to neutralize that player, at least to the point where, you know what, Joel Embiid, you don't have to shade your defense over in that direction because we can feel reasonably comfortable with our defender being over there and he doesn't need the ball and he runs the floor because once again, we're talking about James Harden, a guy who plays very deliberately. We kind of need somebody that's going to force him to play at a quicker pace and you don't have anybody else that can do all of those things in one package i think that is go- i won't say that it's going to turn the series jim but i don't think it necessarily is going to help the philadelphia 76ers especially when you get the first two games at home in philly in at in front of an antsy crowd and then you're going to toronto where you know there are rockets this could get ugly really quickly unless Joel B pulls a couple of games out of his behind.
1: No, I agree with you. And Toronto, to me, is a factor. They're a dangerous team. They're a dangerous team. They're a good team. They might not have that star quality, but they are a good, good team. They're obviously well-coached. Vincent Goodwill is joining us. So what do you have about the Lakers in the sense that, well, what do you make of this? What do you make of Rob Polinka pretty much saying at the press conference after firing Frank Vogel that that was not the time to talk about why he fired Frank Vogel?
2: You know what, Jim, I'm, I'm not married, but I feel like whenever a woman says, you know what, it's time to talk you, say, now nah, is not the time. She's going to look at you and say, if not now, when? If not you, who? And you have no answer, no recourse. But suddenly in sports, we say, now nah, it's not the time. And all of a sudden, people, people accept that. When are, you going, when are you going to bag Frank Vogel when you, when you bring in your free agents, when you hire your next coach, you're going to bag on your last one? There's never a good time to do it. But if anything, we know. We know that the Lakers certainly like passing the buck. And here's the other part of it. If there's a franchise in the NBA that doesn't give a damn about coaching, it is the L.A. Lakers. They told Phil, you can go twice. They told Pat Riley, you can go twice. They've hired a bunch of dudes that you're like, where did they get this smuck from? They've done that several times in their franchise's history. And that's not just been the Jimmy Bus or the Genie Bus Lakers. That goes all the way from Jerry Bus. That's like an organizational ethos. They believe as long as we have stars, the coach doesn't matter. And clearly they don't think that the coach matters because who knows who they're going to hire, and they did all of this without a plan. If you're going to put all this at the feet of Frank Vogel, then, yeah, you try running this roster back next year and see what happens. You'll be back 18 games under 500, if not worse.
1: To quote you you're like, where did they get this schmuck from? We're talking to Vincent Goodwill. I love that. So when you and Chris Haynes were talking about it, you broke out, quote, story time with Vinny. You told a story from a few years back when a player was suspended from a team for misbehaving in the locker room. You reached out to the GM of that team. How did that go?
2: Uh, the player, I got him to tell, Jim, that a player was suspended. Was going to be suspended for conduct detrimental. And the GM said, oh, no, no, that's not true, whatever. And then I said, hey, I've heard he's going to be suspended for this one thing. GM says, no, no, that's not true. Two minutes later, a press release comes out, players suspended. Two minutes later after that, a reporter uh, sitting not too far from me says the exact same thing that I that I was trying to get confirmed over text message and says hey this is what happened blah 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 I knew my information was good at, at, at that point I already knew but I just couldn't put it out without confirmation so I text the GM and I says, hey I already know that you know what's out there even if you gave it to him or you confirmed it for him or somebody next to you did it will you at least confirm it for me he replies we moved on so that quick <laughs> in a span of five minutes, Jim, it went from it didn't happen to we've moved on. That is the equivalent of now is not the time to talk about this. Incredible.
1: Incredible. So, like, if Plinka, if he's not going to take the accountability for firing Frank Vogel and for that roster, then exactly why is he in that job?
2: Because he was Kobe Bryant's agent. And he's a part of the Laker family. Like, clearly – the L.A. Lakers are a mom-and-pop operation. They are not a corporate entity. And I'm not saying that as if it's a bad thing, Jim. But if you think about the history of the league and think about how many new owners have come in over the past 10 years or so, there's only a few family-owned operations, and they run similarly. They hire who they know. They hire who they're comfortable with. They, they value, quote-unquote, loyalty, regardless of job performance or even qualifications of getting the job. So if we don't know what rob palinka was great at before he got the job how can we say to this point what will enable him to keep the job besides he's really good with genie bus which is not necessarily a bad thing because you got to be good with the people you work for but like you said if you're not going to take accountability for hiring and firing it's just more than saying it because he said i'll take accountability for bringing in this roster. Ultimately, the buck stops with me. And all that's going to do is just put a nice quote into an article, and we're still going to talk about the Rambuses. We're still going to talk about the buses. People are still going to talk about... Clutch Sports, LeBron, Anthony Davis, what their role is in it. But accountability actually has to be something that is exercised and not just verbalized.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the Ramby. I was going to ask you about the Rambi. Vincent Goodwill is my guest. So let me finally ask you this. Like, if it doesn't really matter to them who the head coach is, yet counterintuitively we hear all these big names being bandied about, you know, like Doc Rivers or like even Ty Lue. Go back to that for a minute. Like when they handled their coaching search the last time around, they tried to jam. Ty Liu on money and staffing. At this point, how appealing is the job? Like, Vince, I get that if the checks don't bounce and there's only 31 of these gigs, somebody will take that job. But when you hear big names, like take Nick Nurse, all right? That's a hell of a coach. Is there any way a guy like that would even consider a job like that?
2: Okay, here's the thing. Even if you're Nick Nurse and you want to consider a job like that, you can stay in Toronto and be the guy for the next 15 years. Clearly, that's how they, they're, they're probably going to do things. But practically, Jim, the Lakers would need compensation to go get Nick Nurse. What's the one thing we know the Lakers don't have? Draft picks. Why don't they have draft picks? Because they got Anthony Davis, and they, they traded all their draft picks for him. And what are they going to need to trade Russell Westbrook this offseason? More draft picks that they don't have. So tell me how. You're going to go and get any coach that's under contract and get him to come to you when you've clearly illustrated that you don't value coaching, you don't value that voice, and you don't even have the human decency to let the coach finish out his last game before leaking to someone that he's going to be fired.
1: Hmm. Hey, Vince, one last thought. What about AD? Where do you come out? On AD, we know that this is an elite player that, when he's right, one of the best players in the world, one of the best ever, arguably. But do you trust him as a face of the franchise and somebody they can hand the torch to when LeBron moves on and somebody who is reliable, a get-the-hell-on-my-back-I-will-get-us-there kind of guy?
2: Have we shown that? No. Okay. I mean, I think from a talent standpoint...
1: No, he hasn't.
2: From a talent standpoint, he's Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett as if they had a baby. You know what I mean? But is there a little something in there? Like Tim Duncan wasn't the most vocal guy, but he was a franchise man state. There was a lot of consistency and just availability. Kevin Garnett, we know what he brings or what he brought to organizations. Anthony Davis is a 5'11 dude who got tall. And I'm not saying that as a shot to him. I'm saying when you haven't been big all your life, you're not comfortable playing big all the time. And the Lakers are going to require Anthony Davis to be big and play big consistently in addition to staying healthy and putting the work in to keep himself healthy. And the problem is, Jim, it's not like he's got a debilitating knee or an Achilles or something that you have to address every year and you know this is going to be something you have to watch He's almost like a game of operation where one day it's the knee, next day it's the ankle, next day it's this. It's almost like you don't know how you can take preventative measures with him. And I'll be perfectly honest, Jim, what if we've seen the best of Anthony Davis? Even though he doesn't have a debilitating injury, these little things do add up over the course of time, and he's going to be 30 soon enough. And when you come into the league at 19 years old and you have all these injuries and even though his game might have matured to a certain degree, Who's to say that he's going to be available to play 65 games for the rest of his career a season? Because I feel like you got to at least play that to be a franchise guy, let alone a franchise guy in L.A. no matter who else is playing. Hey, brown. listen,
1: not, and not unless you figure something out, and it's not like he's been accountable for any of this – He's also one of those guys saying, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. We just got hurt. You're not why would we expect him to understand it or be more reliable on the other side of 30 than he is in front of 30 unless he figures it out. And is he giving us any indication that he's going to figure it out? Does not seem to me. Vincent Goodwill covers the NBA for Yahoo Sports. Now, I want to say, we need more people in the media who keep it real like this guy does. My man, Vince. Vincent, great to have you back. Appreciate you very much much respect great job as always it's a detroit to me jim hey can we talk skincare for a minute listen i've been in front of a camera for a long long time skincare is really important to me and it can be complicated especially for men who have never had a skincare routine and face it a lot of you dudes don't that's where tige hanley comes in Tiege Hanley is a men's skincare company that helps guys start and maintain a healthy skincare routine by making the process uncomplicated. This is actually awesome. Let me talk to you, for instance, about the level one system. It's the easiest way to get started and it comes with all of the basics that you guys need to take care of your skin. The products included are a face wash, an exfoliating scrub, An AM moisturizer and a PM moisturizer. A daily face wash to get rid of the dirt and grime on your skin. And a two times per week exfoliating scrub to get rid of dead skin cells. And there's so much more. Way more than I can get to in this one spot. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. You want to take care of your skin. It's not going to take care of itself. But don't just take my word for it. Tish Hanley has over 5,000, 5,000 five-star reviews on their website from customers around the world. And because Tiege Hanley is sponsoring today's episode, they are offering you a great deal. Just go to Tiege.com rome and you'll get 30% off your first box plus a free gift. That's Tiege.com slash It It is an amazing deal. And we'll talk about who we like to win it all and how to play that angle. Head, are you ready to butcher the English language and to help the clones make some paper?
4: I'm ready to butcher and bet, Jim. I brought my A game on both.
1: My man, the two things that you are best at, butchering and betting. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Starting with tonight's play in action, Hawks v. Cavs. I want to get to the bad news about the Clippers later on, but Hawks Mm -hmm. v. Cavs. The Hawks destroyed the Hornets on Wednesday night. To me, they're playing their best ball when it matters most, and Trey is Mm -hmm. going all Trey on everybody's ass. The Cavs, meanwhile, have just been ass. And it's been that way for several weeks. They just look like these are two teams going in opposite directions, at least to me. So let's start right there. What is the number? How do you see this game? How are you playing it?
4: The Hawks are a two point favorite in Cleveland tonight, and I'm taking the ATL here. You're right on the Cavs. Since the All Star break, Jim, they haven't been the same team. Pre-All-Star break, they ranked fifth in defensive rating. The Hawks ranked 27th. Since the All-Star break, the Hawks are actually a better defensive team and obviously offensively – sorry, butchered that one. There you go. The Hawks have have been on a completely different level all season long. They have the most efficient offense in the entire NBA according to the numbers and Trey's obviously the best player on the court tonight. He scored the most points and had the most assists in the NBA this season becoming the only second player ever to do that. The worry for the Hawks, though, Jim, is them playing on the road. They have been the worst of any team in the playoffs away from their place by far. And against the spread, as an away team, they've covered only 34% of their games. 34%. But let's go against that. Let's ride with Trey and the Hawks minus two.
1: I was going to say, I felt really good about that pick. I made that pick myself earlier today until you started to lay those numbers out. Bad. That's not good. Mm -mm. That's not good, but I hit that the same way you did. So I'm going to take the Hawks. I'm going to lay the points. The other playing game is what we talked about earlier, Pelicans v. Clippers. Wait, before we go to the actual matchup, and playoff P not being there, I'm going to give you a chance to editorialize. Quick sidebar. Obviously, we're not going to see Zion during the game, but we might see him throw it off the backboard (laughs) to himself, go between his legs, and then throw down 720 jams before the game. I'm curious, what do you think when you see that guy do that and then not play and as a bonus head? Mm -hmm. Generally, what do you think when you see stars routinely not play in what we're led to believe are really important regular season Mm -hmm. games when there's seemingly nothing wrong with them? I know that's a complex (laughs) compound question. Do the best you can with it.
4: Yeah, it's a damn joke. Uh, Zion should have used his offhand and gave everyone the middle finger while he threw those uh, down the other night because that's what the league's basically been doing to us, the fans, for years now, Jim. The load management tanking era has been horrible for the sport. Horrible. The regular season is a joke. Fans tune into big games. People show up to the arena only to get poultered right in the face more often than not with that sustained ass of a product. It's amazing. And the solution for silver is always, let's play more. Let's do an in-season tournament. Hey, dude, how about you just have your star players actually play the game and you don't need all that garbage. But that's just a couple thoughts. Sorry.
1: Uh, probably your best action ever on this show. Well done, <laughs> head. Very well done. All right, so back to the game itself. And back to you, butchering the English language. Perfect. The highlight of the play-in round, and it's not even close, is the T-Wolves two doing the Clippers, and then Patrick Beverly jumping up on the scorers table, and then onto IG Live and f-bombing the Clippers all the way back to L.A. I absolutely loved it, and if you don't, you just don't get it or this guy and you're wrong, I did love it. He F-bombed them all the way back to LA where until moments ago, head, I was sure they would bounce back against the Pelicans tonight. How about this, head? I hit that early this morning. I was so convinced of it and Mm -hmm. then the news broke. How should I feel about that? How stupid was that to hit it that early? And what are you doing with it?
4: Yeah. Go ahead, tell me. Well, so here's the thing. So the Clippers were favored I mean, by four. Tell me how dumb so... I
1: am for hitting that early. Yeah,
4: yeah not the smartest thing ever. Thank but, you. you know, agreed. we thought we were done with that. But you never are in the NBA and never, ever hit this line. But I can't really say that because I hit it too. Um, Pelicans plus four points. But the line since the Georgia, uh news, it's dropped to Pelicans now minus one and a half. Ooh. Yeah, wow. big drop, big change because Dude. of pandemic himself. Dude. Yeah. So, I'm still going to go Pelicans, though. Minus one and a half. I like them. They well, started whoa, whoa, one and 12. Whoa, whoa. Did
1: you oh, not? That. Did you hit it at plus oh, four, that. or you have not hit it yet?
4: I did hit it at plus four for the Pelicans, but I want to give something for the audience to play here. Okay, so, I got it. I so, but you, still,
1: you still like them at that number?
4: Yeah. I mean, they started one and 12, but i have been a different team since CJ uh, the CJ trade. Since then, they po- uh, posted an offensive rating over 117, which would actually be ninth in the NBA during that span. They also played better defense than the Clippers since the All-Star break. Ty Lou scares the hell out of me for sure. I don't know if he's the best in the NBA like Goodwill said, but after what he did to the Jazz last year – he could win this game probably by himself, but I'm going to lay the one and a half and go with the Pelicans.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. All right, Head. Let me ask you something. You have had a lot of success betting in-game during yes. the NBA playoffs. Have you done that yet, and is that the strategy going forward?
4: Yes, it's the best strategy in the playoffs, especially for the first round. You wait in the first quarter, maybe early second, for that big run from one team's because more often than not, the other team is going to make it closer, and you go off that, man.
1: All right, so let's move on. You've got some uh, actual first-round matchups, starting with the Sixers and Raptors. Really, really interesting matchup to me. Mm -hmm. The Sixers are obviously all in. I talked about this with Vince earlier today, but they need this in the worst way imaginable. Nobody more so than the beard. Question is, which beard is going to show up, Harden or Larden? Mm -hmm. Ask me. This is some legacy bleep right here for this guy, and he... He has to step the hell up. This guy's got to get it done right now. The problem is he's more Larden than Harden. What do you think we get with this guy?
4: So I agree on Larden. Yes, legacy, he has to show up. He's not been good since no showing against Brooklyn on the prime stage. And since the last 17 games, Jim, he shot 36% from the floor. Plus, add that, Toronto's built to guard this guy. They have multiple dudes who have length and can switch. Also, I'm going to throw Doc Rivers in there. He, there's a lot of pressure on Doc, too. He can't lose to Nick Nurse here. If he does, he might be done in Philly. But because of Joel Embiid, not Larden, I do think he will win this. As great as the defensive team Toronto is, they don't have an answer for that big fella. He's beyond dominant. He's playing better than he ever has. And yes, he can win a couple games by himself. I'm going to go for the series here, Philly, minus 180 to win it.
1: Interesting. I, I agree with you. I think that Toronto is really dangerous, really dangerous, but Incredible I think they don't have an answer yes. for Joel beat I love Nick Nurse, but I think you're right policy. too. Like, losing to Nick Nurse is not shameful in any way, but if Doc Rivers does, I think he is in trouble. Big All right, time. so Nets-Celtics head. Mm-hmm. Nets and Celtics, while the rest of us have been taking shots at and poking holes in the Nets, you have steadfastly maintained that they can put it together and that their best can beat anybody else's best. Mm-hmm. But then again, we got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's best, and they still had trouble knocking out the Cavs midweek. And now they're just going to drop in Ben Simmons oh, at Ryan. some point in the middle of this series against a good Celtics team. Talk about giving me an A or give me an F. Mm-hmm. What is the number? What are you doing with this series? A really interesting series. So the number the Celtics are actually the favorite here minus one thirty
4: to win the series over the Nets, but I'm still riding with the Nets yeah, and taking you them. Yes, I, I cannot get off that bandwagon quite yet. It's You're a plus one ten underdog, dude.
1: What is your deal with the Nets?
4: I think somehow, some way, look, the Bucks helped them a lot here by not winning that last regular season game because if Milwaukee plays them right now, they ice them and they end them. Okay, but by by not doing that, they might get them later on, and Ben Simmons might have 10, 15, 20 minutes in him. With him in that lineup and his defensive versatility, even in three weeks from now, it's better than right now, Game 3, Game 4, whenever he plays. So it can work if they can get together, and why I like him here is because of KD. I mean, he was an inch within beating the Bucks no, last year by himself with an injured Larden and no Kyrie. A healthy Kyrie, South Curry, and Patty Mills to space this thing out. Even with that historic Boston defense, and it's damn good, and they might get Robert Williams back here, I still like the Nets, and I'm still not giving up on them. You could get them at plus 110 to win this series.
1: Interesting. All right. The big head breaking it down. Now, I know you, dude. I know how that giant globe sitting on your shoulders spins. (laughs) I know you love Milwaukee against Chicago, mm-hmm. but there's no way in hell you love them at minus 1,000. So either you're going to sit that one out or you're going to find a different way to play it. Which uh-huh. is it?
4: Yeah, no chance in hell you touch that minus 1,000, but I'll do a series prop here. I'll go Milwaukee minus two and a half games at minus 170, meaning the Bulls can't win two games in this series. Chicago has bleep the bed part. Um, the Last, I had to say, since All Star Game, uh, since the All Star Game, worse than anybody in their last 15 games of the season, they have the worst offense and defense of showing in any playoff bound team in the NBA, and it's not even close, Jim. It's so bad. Efficiency stats have the Houston Rockets and Detroit Pistons playing better offense and the Lakers playing better defense during that time frame than the actual Chicago Bulls. And now that's instead ass. of that, that's, that's ass. Serial ass. ass. That's right That's serial there. ass. That's straight ass. That's all ass. And now instead of Cereal that monster kid. Ass, coaching these guys the hell up. He's hanging out with you in studio and answering phones. I love this for the Bucs minus two and a half games at minus 170 to win this series.
1: All right, so I'm asking a hell of a lot out of you. Do not run out of gas. We're almost there. But finally, how about a couple of title future bets? Okay. The Clones have been tracking you. If they have, they know you like to take a shot. Love it. With somebody while at the same time hedging that same shot. Give me some teams and some numbers about... Who you might like to win it all right now. Yeah, I kind of thought.
4: Uh, so I kind of um getting bleeped a little bit here. I woke up feeling great about this play, loved it, but then I found out Drake bet two hundred thousand dollars on one of my teams to win the freaking Western Conference. Dude, that that's
1: your system. That that that, okay? Come correct. You have always said I can't give you my system, boss. I can't give you my system. Your system is you wait and see what Drake does, and you go the other way. That's your system.
4: That's correct. You always have a system, and then you always have something to counterbalance it, whether it's NFL, NBA, or anything like that. And we use Drake to counterbalance our NBA system in our futures he likes the Warriors I love the Warriors at plus 850 to win the title but he bet 200k for this to for them to win the Western Conference which means um we're in trouble but we're gonna ride with Drake here I'm still gonna go with the Warriors so somebody's tweeted me today too and said that he lost four million dollars in February on sports betting from the same place that outed the Raiders for not tipping good
1: so, you're going to ride. That's incredible. Dude, unbelievable. million $4 million. In
4: February in alone. In February
1: alone. Mm-hmm. Do the math, dude. Project that over the course of a normal year. My man's going to have to sell a hell of a lot of discs, and you're going to ride with that guy.
4: Because he's got to – sometime he's got to hit, right? We know he's lost on Colby. He's lost on North Carolina and Duke. He's lost on everything. He's got to be right about something, and we're going to do it here. So, we're going to take the Warriors at plus at 850 – And my other one, we're not going to go with a favorite for the hedge. We're going to go with the Nets at plus 600.
1: Ooh, dude. All right. Big swing. Two swings. So amazing content. Lots to get to. Quickly run it all down in case they missed it. And then I know you'll tweet it as well. Okay,
4: Atlanta minus two and a, uh, minus two at Cleveland tonight. Pelicans minus one and a half via the Clippers in Los Angeles tonight. Series, straight up win. Philly minus 180 over Toronto. Brooklyn plus 110 to beat Boston. Series props. Uh, Milwaukee minus two and a half games at one set, minus 170 over Chicago. And for Futures to win the title, we're going to go with Drake. The Warriors, plus 850 to win it all, or the Brooklyn Nets at plus 600.
1: There is a whole week's worth of work right there. The big head, James Kelly, and he'll put it up on Twitter, too. Head, great job. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. And they're off for the evening jewel. Power surge flies out of the (laughs) gate. What's crackin'? Welcome to the jungle. A tremendous Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Nice to have you here. I'm not wasting any time. Let's get at it. Hope you had a good weekend. I had a really interesting weekend with an all-time gambling story involving me. Scotty Scheffler had himself a weekend. Frank Vogel had himself a weekend. Yeah!
0: The Lakers are going to be firing you. A decision they'll let you know tomorrow. What's your reaction? Uh, My reaction is uh, I haven't been told. Incredible. So
1: after an entire season of hideous looks, they saved their very best for last. And by very best, I mean the absolute worst. What an utter disgrace by the Lakers. Imagine a beautiful view. That infinity pool looking over onto the ocean. And then imagine emptying that pool and then filling it up with diarrhea. And then asking people to swim around in it. Cool guys, like, what do you want me to do, Lakers? Do it, or we're going to tell Woj, you're fired. Power surge just in front. Power surge would not be denied. Worst of all, I didn't freaking bet. I always bet our horses. Always. She went off at 70 to 1. A huge number. But I was at Gelson's getting my meat. I had your horse. I threw 20 on it. How much money did you make off that race? Uh, Almost a little less than... Five grand. Twoodle. How the hell did I. Ray Craig get through the gates with 500 cans to put down on Jungle Racing? Great for Irae. Now he can put rims on his shopping cart. You mean like spinners? Luke Fickle joining us. How can we try to make it better for our program and our kids? And
3: I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying I didn't pull some hair out again
0: this year.
1: Oh, well, this just Lakers have dismissed Coach Frank Vogel, Sources Tell, Ramona Shelburne, and me. I got a question. Have they told Frank? I haven't been told. John Bleeping Morosi. Happy opening week. Always love
0: listening to your show, watching your show. Love the interview with Greg Burhalter as well. Great to have the U.S. national team back
1: in the World Cup. Don't you forget about the Frozen Four. <laughs>
4: All the credit to Denver.
1: Today's not going to
4: be a, a day of, like, finger-pointing or online yeah.
1: What the hell are you talking about, Lowe? You just, just broke rough. off your head coach. That's a finger point. The kid's taking over the business and running it into the
0: ground. I'm out. But the problem is, so are the Lakers. I mean, it's not a
1: failure at all. It's not a failure. You lost 49 games. You didn't even make the play-in game. You were supposed to win it all. How is that not a failure? We are joined by Bob Melvin. Can't wait to get back to San Diego and actually
3: play in that fantastic ballpark. Getting to know the players in a shortened spring. Take a deep breath and know it's
1: going to take a little bit of time. But, you know, we've gotten off to a decent start. Sean Murphy's ass owns the entire internet today. I mean, be honest, clones. You're doing butt clenches from your office chair as I'm talking. Yeah. I am. Or take golf's one back to ball. Let's see how this one goes. This one a much cleaner throw. Ooh. I hate this place.
2: Oh, she just got the best What of it. an
1: amazing Six moment for a major leaguer to say that right there on the in field, the only in Philly. In the Bronx cheer. Now it's not the time to point fingers or sandwiches. Signed Mama Cass. Dead. No mention of Tina Yothers. Signed Margot Kidder. Dead, dead. Mike McFaddy. Dead. Once we hit it, it's dead. Dead. I can relate. Sonny Bono. Dead, dead, dead. It it dead. took the ass home. Unwar giving Pat Bev credit when his plus-minus was minus-five. Dude, I would tell you to be better than that, but you can't. You're minus-minus. F-minus, Wells. You got yourself a free pay-per-view. Enjoy the fight, bro. tower Howard Beck. Proud UC grad, and I don't know how anybody gets in anymore, or how they afford it for most of my registration fees and books and everything, was off the student
4: newspaper, just cranking out
3: stories. I got you totally taken care of. Shout out to the
1: JTP. I know they love me, bro. He's right. The JPP does Love silk. JTP, my bad. Pointing fingers, missing fingers, 10 digits, seven digits. My
2: beef is with the mess head that broke into my truck just to steal nothing. Yeah, my beef is with outdoor events that don't have enough bathrooms. My beef is with Matt in LA. You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Literally, no one has ever thanked you for calling. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have stayed, but bigger things. If man, you want to keep coming things. in here and telling me that the sport needed it, you know what the sport didn't need? That guy blowing out his arm in the middle of April. Dave Ross. Roberts. That's why fans are fans. And I love the passion.
0: And the thing that gets lost in all this is that
1: I'm a fan as well.
0: It is far. It is gone. But caught. Uh, never mind. Oh, oh, oh my, my
1: goodness, goodness gracious. Goodness
0: I'm speaking to him about Sean McManus, David Beer, Patty Power, Kelly Call, Drew Kalisky, Dan
2: Weinberg,
0: Tyler Hale.
2: What? My Fiance? That's scrumptious Logue. From a talent standpoint, he's Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett as if they had a baby. Anthony Davis is a five foot eleven dude who got tall.
4: The Hawks are actually a better defensive team and obviously obvious offensively. What? Sorry. Huh? Butcher that one. There you hey. go.
1: One, two, three. St. Ports. Don't worry, bro. I got something for you. I got some sparkling bro. Always
4: good,
0: Jim. Keep it going. Thanks for all the great work you do to keep our, our whole sports world connected, my friend.
1: Always
3: and anytime, Jim.
0: Jim. What LeBron,
1: gotta go, bro. What
0: you mean, glue with Monica Lewinsky? Not Monica Lewinsky. I'm Matt in LA, and you're not. Where'd they get this muck from? Roma, you're the best. Take care, and then we'll chat soon. And until next time, Jim. Whoa. F out of here. Good night now. <laughs> Good night now!